Welcome to Way Off the Record, the podcast that seeks out people and their stories that need to be heard. Here we go. Today we're talking to actress and comic Martha Kelly. Um, We talk about a lot of things. We talk about living in L.A. versus living in Austin. We talk about the L.A. fires and making sure that she and the fur babies are okay. We talk about her fur babies. (laughs) We talk about comedy. We talk about the amazing show Baskets that she was on for the four seasons that it ran. And we talk about Zach Galifianakis, of course, and Louis Anderson. And we also have a whole section on that green cast that she wears that's never mentioned. We talk about Gen X versus Millennials, texting on staircases, on stairways, and Dolly Parton, amongst other things. Enjoy. Welcome to Way Off the Record. Today I'm very excited to talk to Martha Kelly, uh, actress, comedian, uh, or comic, I think you say, these days. Uh, Martha, how are you? Hi, Scott. I'm good. How are you? Hi, Martha. I'm so fucking psyched. I can't tell you. Oh, by the way, profanity is is encouraged, so I can't help myself speaking like that. Fuck is my favorite word, you know, in any form, so... Hi. Yeah, I also love to cuss, so I'm glad it's okay. Oh, good. All right. (laughs) So, I'm so excited to talk to you on the record versus off the record. Um, uh, wait, the name of the podcast is way off the record. So um, basically the, the idea of the, you're my first interview, like legit interview, by the way. So thank you for being the first guest. I'm so fucking thrilled. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> I appreciate it. Um, I hope I don't, I hope I don't ruin it. That's you, my you, goal. You could never ruin it. You could never ruin it. No, dude. Um, well. So let's start off by telling uh, you telling the listeners about yourself, like where you grew up, um, childhood memories, nightmares, because I have plenty of my own, um, and what that was like. Um, well, I grew up in Torrance, California, which is a suburb of L.A. It's about 25 miles south of Los Angeles. And um, I uh, did not enjoy growing up there. Uh, (laughs) My family, um, a lot of my family still lives there, and so do a lot of my friends. Um, And I still don't like Torrance. I live in uh, Eagle Rock, um, which is about 30 miles away from Torrance, which is a good distance and so is that near yeah, is a, that nearer to LA than Torrance or I don't know LA is so giant yeah Eagle, yeah, Eagle Rock is not too far from downtown LA it's a little bit northeast of downtown LA and it's really easy to get to um, you know it's, it's pretty close to a lot of the east side of LA like Silver Lake and Griffith Park and, oh okay um, Hollywood stuff you know so it's nice and it's close to Pasadena and Burbank and stuff so I like it um and uh I mean I've I've been sorry sorry no no go ahead no I I was gonna say that I've been to LA maybe four or five times to visit friends and relatives and 
I always really have a great time and I uh, two things always stay with me one is that at least the parts that I've seen it's remarkably beautiful like I was not prepared for how lush it was you know in this giant city because I come from New York City and you know we have pavement and an occasional tree and that's nature but LA seems like and my friend Joe says this who used to, who lived there for years like house plant house plants grow wild out here and I was really stunned by that and the, but the other thing though the not so positive is I don't drive and when you go there you have to rent a car and you have to drive and you have to drive everywhere and it seemed yeah. to me that where the places I was visiting anyway you know minimum half an hour <laughs> and yeah oof, just not I I mean I get it that I get why people live there but I just don't think I could live there I'm just not cut out for that kind of thing you know yeah yeah I'm I think everybody that lives here gets driven insane by the traffic at some point um yeah I it's funny I don't consider it lush and pretty I feel like where I live right now is um, Eagle Rock is kind of close to the foothills of um, that uh, are in kind of the border of LA, and uh -huh. so it doesn't look it doesn't look like a lot of the rest of the area. So it is prettier, but it's still like um, desert ish. Oh, and, um, okay. I've I've always like. East Coast better. My dad is from Massachusetts, and we would visit um, every, not every year, but we'd visit a lot when I was growing up, and it's so lush and pretty on the East Coast, you know? Well, maybe that's where but, I was uh, visiting. I don't know. I mean, I don't, like, again, I, I don't know enough about the the geography and the massiveness of, of it. Um, I, you know, when I was visiting, I was visiting, this is going to sound really bougie, so forgive me, but my, none, none of my family and friends are rich, but I was visiting like Laguna Beach and West Hollywood mm -hmm. and Burbank. And that's about all I know. Whatever. Forgive me. I don't, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, no, those are, those are pretty little areas of LA for sure. Like Laguna Beach is really pretty. Yeah. And, um... And parts of West Hollywood are really nice, and for sure Burbank, uh, yeah. There's a, I mean, there's definitely a lot of nice spots in L.A., but I always felt like um, on the East Coast you have um, a lot more uh, trees on, like, uh, forest mm -hmm. areas and woods and stuff than you have here. For here, like the Los Angeles forest, it's called that. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's shrubbery. I love that it's, it's called not, a forest. <laughs> it's a, yeah, it's not a forest at all, but it's called that. Oh. But yeah, but there's, there's great stuff about LA. And I've, um, since I moved back here in February, I've mm -hmm. um, started to, to love it more. I never really liked it at all growing oh, up or when I lived here as an adult. But now I'm starting to love it. Um, so 
not not enough to ever probably want to buy a house here. Uh-huh. Um, but partly that's because like the cheapest houses here are as expensive as like mansions in oh, other parts of the country. I know. You I know. know. I you know that's the thing that I another thing another thing that I thought you know just because um uh friends that rented or and or owned there and the prices like and i'm coming from new york city and when you go there and you see the prices and the plot of land is like a a foot wide and it's like crazy expensive it's insane so I wanted to ask, so first of all, I want to ask you, I want to do like a little sidebar um, and ask you if you and the fur babies are okay with all these fires, because it's fucking horrifying what I'm seeing on the news. Um, yeah. You guys are okay? Yeah, and thank you for asking. Yeah, so where I and where a lot of people in L.A. live is very, um, there is a lot of concrete and not a lot of um, uh, grassy areas. Like, Uh the the foothills are not far from me, but there's still a lot of um, concrete between where people are living and where just the wild grass and shrubbery is, and so... Um, but also, like, the, there are not any fires in the foothills right now. And when there there was a fire in August that burned for a few hours, um, they were able to put it out really quickly, partly because um, the streets and urban areas are so close to the foothills. But it's uh-huh. usually when wildfires start in areas that have a lot of undeveloped land and then houses kind of, usually it's like houses that are in the hills where Mm -hmm. there's a lot of um, undeveloped grassy and bushes and stuff around the houses, Uh Um, then that's when the wildfires are a lot more dangerous because like in the mountains of Malibu or like Santa Clarita, all those places that they've been having fires, there's tons of remote areas. So it's really hard for firefighters to even get to the fire um, in quickly after it starts, whereas where I live, you know, they can get there really quickly and, and put it out before it gets too bad. Oh, man, that's good. I mean... There's a lot of land a lot of acreage where mm-hmm. they can burn out of control and we are going to have to start fighting that with more than just um, what we've been doing. I mean, even if we double the firefighting um, resources that we've had in the past few years, that wouldn't be enough. Like, we have to yeah. really ramp it up like yeah. crazy. Yeah. Well, you should really start by, you know, taking a big brush and... Um, what did Trump say? Like brushing your forests and and stuff. Oh, Jesus he said Christ. we should rake. I think rake. he thought we should rake the leaves on the forest floor. Meanwhile, as I said, there are no, there are no. The Los Angeles National Forest is is not an actual forest. Um, 
God. Uh, which, even if it was, like, there is no such firefighting process as raking leaves in a forest. Yeah, no I've shit. I've never heard of that. Oh, my God. Um, um, I, um, fuck him. All right, so one question yes, I wanted... I agree. Thank you. One question I wanted to ask you was, what is, um, how is the difference in living, the day-to-day living uh, between Austin, Texas, and where you are in California? Well, um, there's things I love about both, and Mm -hmm. uh, I would I would say one of the things that was great about Austin, I'm actually going to be there Thanksgiving week working at the at Cap City Comedy Club and then mm. spending a, a few extra days to see friends. Um, in Austin, even though traffic has gotten a lot worse in the past several years because a oh. lot of people are moving there, um, it's still... Uh, a lot easier to get around than it is here. So, like, when you were talking earlier about driving in L.A., to get someplace in a half hour here is actually considered really fast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Whereas, like, in Austin, most of the time, I live um, close to the center of town, the last place I lived there, the last apartment. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... So most of the comedy shows that I did, I could get to in 15 minutes. Ooh, and, um, nice. That that's pretty unheard of in LA. Um, yeah, I bet. It, you know, <laughs> and um, so that's different. And then um, the weather in Austin is like six months of summer, and for like four months of that, it's so hot that you can't really go do anything outside besides really early in the morning oh yeah um or or uh you know after nine o'clock at night and uh it's still, the the weather in the summer can be just make you stay inside the same way winter weather does in like the midwest yeah yeah um, oh midwest then, like god knows um I mean, I've been there. You know, I love Chicago. Chicago's awesome. Um, yeah. But I'm. I feel like I'm getting to the age. Unlike I'm. I'm 53 now, where my whole body temperature. Um. Cattle. I don't know what the word is. Like I used to loathe the heat and love the cold, and it's sort of done not a complete 180. But, but close to that, and I still don't think I could live in a place that's... There's some weird noise going on. I, I still don't think I could live in a place where it was, like, super hot or super cold. So, I don't, I don't know. Are you there? Uh, yeah, I am. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. Sorry about that. I am. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Yes, yes. Sorry. Um... That's yeah, okay. I I don't think I could, I don't think I could live any place super cold either, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Oh, by um, the way. I'm sorry. Did it? No, no, it's fine. It's fine. By the way, 
It's okay. fucking cold as shit in New York right now, and I had to break out my giant German-made parka <laughs> today. It's, what wow. is it? Like, it's fucking November, like the beginning of November, and I had to make the arduous walk, which is, you know, about a six-minute walk to my bodega to get, like, supplies and shit. And I had to put on my parka, and... I had to zip up my parka. Like, suddenly, yeah. autumn is gone. We never have autumn, really, in New York. I mean, it, it's a nice song sort of theory, but it went from, like, 50s to, like, 30s. <laughs> so, mm. oh, well. You know, it, yeah. it is what it is. It's fine. Hey, listen, I want to really, I really want to, look, one of the things that I've been dying to talk to you about are your fur babies. Tell me about your two cats and your dog. Because I love... I would fucking follow... I would pay like a Patreon to follow the exploits of those three creatures. Oh. I'm not kidding. Well, well, I, um, I lucked out that all three of them were... Um, from shelters and so Yay. before I say anything else I just want to say like um there are great cats and dogs at shelters I mean absolutely really, I, I know so many people who got pets from shelters and are like that's the best that I've ever had so absolutely um Ru my dog Rosie I actually found on Craigslist um I was living <laughs> in Austin in 2012 and mm -hmm. Um, a woman on Craigslist who lived in San Antonio, which is like an hour and a half away mm -hmm. from Austin. My bro um, my brother and sister-in-law live there, but and my nephew lived there, by the way, in San Antonio. So I'll hook you up later. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's nice. Um, so this lady in San Antonio fosters dogs from a shelter that is a kill shelter. So she goes and gets dogs from that shelter, fosters them, helps or finds them permanent homes, and when someone adopts one of them, she goes and gets another to foster from the shelter. So, oh, man. Um, she is an absolute angel, and I saw she posted a picture of Rosie and a description, and I was specifically looking for a dog that was good with cats and mm -hmm. other dogs and pe and people. So you had the cats and before so, the before Rosie, you had the cats? Yes. Oh nice. And not not the ones I have now, mm -hmm. a different one who was older, but um Okay. So yeah, and then I drove to San Antonio and this lady met me, brought Rosie to this park and we met and as soon as I met Rosie um, <laughs> love at first sight. Um, they they choose you, so right? Then, Animals choose yeah, you, in a way. It's really it was weird because so Rosie had been had a really rough start and before, like the um, animal control in San Antonio found her living outside um, as a stray and she was starving oh. and had a a broken leg and then I found out later has had been shot and still has a little pellet inside her. What? Um like so like BB gun or like shot shot? 
like uh, like uh, the next caliber up from a BB gun, so uh, a little like a pellet. Uh, and so I don't know. And when I got her, she'd already she'd been eating regularly for two weeks at least, mm-hmm. and was still all her ribs were showing. Um, that's how starved she was when they found her. Is that even fuck. after two weeks of of uh, plenty of food, she was still um all you know ribs showing and yeah. also very scared of people but for some reason wasn't scared of me so i initially there you go she chose about, you like it was meant to be that's well, what i mean i hope i like to think of it and then i just I, it was originally going to be just meet her and then and then figure out if it was a good match but i ended up taking her with me at that first meeting and then um yeah and then the cat i had then um passed away after um a a few years and then Mm. Rosie was so i was heartbroken and then Rosie was heartbroken and that was hard to live with so then i went and i got a kitten from uh, someone who was a friend of mine who was fostering him Mm-hmm. His name was Henry, and he had feline leukemia, which I knew when I got him. And he only lived a year. Mm. Um, and then when he passed away, I got two kittens. Initially signed up to be a foster for um, a shelter in Austin called Austin Pets Alive. Uh-huh. And um, they just really quick to plug them. So when I was a pet sitter in the early 2000s, Austin animal shelters were kill shelters, and it was something like 50 animals a day being euthanized. It was insane high kill. And Mm -hmm. Austin Pets Alive is an organization that has changed Austin into a no-kill city. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. So, anyway, I signed up to foster with them, and I got assigned Gary and Barry, <laughs> and um, fucking instantly fell in love, and uh, that's how it started. So. Oh, my God. Gary and Barry. So, what was the initial sort of, when Rosie met Gary and Barry, like, what was that? I can't imagine it was love at first sight. How how well, how did that work out? So Rosie loves uh, kittens. So for mm. her, it was love at first sight. Mm. Um, for them, at first, the kittens were hissing and stuff. But it was within a few hours they had started to like get curious about her, and within oh. days, I mean, I have yeah, I have pictures and videos. And it was within a day, I think, that each of the kitties was like, "All right, you're you're a friend slash playmate with Rosie." Oh Lindsay. my god, so, that's awesome! Yeah, but but she's she's very sweet with kittens, so it, that's it helped a so lot. so great. Listen, that video that you posted on Twitter today with I'm not sure which cat it was. Um, I think it the, was Gary and Rosie. Yeah, and they and and it was yeah. like this so clearly um 
playful antagonism. Like they weren't, they were just sort of fucking with each other, but it was all, you know, like Rosie, especially because, you know, Rosie seems to me to be the, the one that's the beta, you know, and the cats are the alpha. And she, you know, took the playfulness and the, and the batting, <laughs> it just, it, I just fucking loved it. I, I, th- I, I wish I could love a Twitter uh, post like that, like multiple times, but it, Twitter doesn't let you do that. And because I, you know, immediately loved it, of course. And because I, you know, I've only ever had cats. And so now I have uh, Tito Lachat. That's his official name. I mean, I haven't like registered it with the state, but um, this Siamese mix cat, and uh, he's insane. We'll talk about him later, whatever. So, um, but I just can't imagine life without fur babies. I mean, I just I've always had a cat my whole life since I was a year old. Um, I mean, not the same cat, obviously. Uh, Cause I'm, right. Cause I'm old girl. Um, so no, I want to. You're not. <laughs> I'm 53. I don't feel old. I mean, I, I, I whatever. I, you know, but you know, you mark your time, and mostly it's peop, other people that that bring up the fact that you're old, and I'm like, yeah, well, whatever. I am. I am what I am. Um, well. Um... <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot of okay boomering around right now, and um, as someone oh my God, right? Barely, I'm barely made the cutoff of Generation X. Me too. Me too. Called. We and I and so, I, I I responded to your tweet about that. Like I'm literally, you're actually like three years or something, and I'm like two years away from that, and I'm grateful for that. But at the same time, it's like you know, you can blame it. You know. A generation of people and it's sort of like blaming Iran or Russia for the fucking shit that's going on now and it's like the actual people are kind of cool you know I've never been to Russia or Iran by the way but I've been to Egypt and oh my god I can't tell you like the pyramids yes amazing um all of the we took a, a Nile cruise and you know, Luxor and Aswan and every, everything in between. But the people of Egypt are so amazing. So it's sort of like the same thing, you know, like fuck government of any country. It, it's, it's not re- representative of the actual people that live there. And that's my soapbox. I'm sorry. I went off on a well, tangent. I- but I do think that OK Boomer is a response to people shitting on millennials, and I don't, I've never felt like millennials, that you should say that this whole generation is just um, entitled and lazy and all that stuff. Like, that's not my experience with people that in that generation. So exactly, I, exactly. I do think it's funny that they're that they invented OK Boomer and <laughs> um, as if you're Generation X, you still get called OK Boomer, and it's 
funny to me, even though, of course, I, of course I, know, I me too. want everyone to know. I'm not a boomer, but it's still funny that people say that to me, people my age, too. Me too. And, you know? and, and disclosure, full disclosure, I'm married to a millennial. He's 34, and I'm 30, 50, uh, 33, and I'm 53. And he's more... His name is Christian. He's much more um, grounded and he's not on his phone. I'm on my phone more than he is, which I find hilarious. Like I, let me let me ask you this, because this is a tangent that I, I want to go on and not spend a lot of time on, but um, when, you know, I live in New York City, you live in, in, in LA and there's lots of people Right. And so there's lots of opportunity for large convergence, convergences of people at, you know, like subway entrances or I guess in the case of L.A., like merging lanes and stuff or whatever and just walking around. And the numbers of people that I find because I because I've actually try to note this the numbers of people that are on their fucking phone standing in the middle of a flow of traffic whether it's a subway entrance or um a cross street or whatever the majority of those people are like my age or walking upstairs i was at work the other day right. check this out i was at work the other day I work in basically a mall in Battery Park City, and my company has offices in the upper floors. Um, mm -hmm. And I was walking down the other day, and this pregnant woman, and she was seriously pregnant, like about to give birth, walking down three flights of stairs on her phone, texting on her phone, not just looking on her phone, texting, like actually with her thumbs texting and she was like about to give birth walking down three flights of stairs and I'm like I didn't say anything of course but I'm like seriously you know you're gonna you're gonna and it wasn't about like yeah. me being bothered by the fact that I had to like wait behind her I was like waiting behind her intentionally so that she didn't fucking fall and kill like, the baby or whatever Scott, yeah Scott I'm sorry but can you hold on one second of course someone's at the door can you of course pause the recording and then I'll come right back no problem of course okay sorry no problem tell me what the hell are you scared of when in the end the only thing is love in the end Love's the only thing I wanna regret the things wanna, I've done wanna, Never wanna, the things I've left wanna, unknown wanna, Never a second will I waste Never an opportunity To taste the sweetness of life Alright, no. here we are Alright Okay, okay. so you were at work And there was a lady who was 
about 10 months pregnant, walking down three flights <laughs> of stairs, staring at her phone and not looking where she was going. Yes. And I try not to judge people. I really do try not to judge people. But, like, this woman is... And it wasn't just, like, you know, looking at your phone at a video or a picture or something. She was actually texting. So both her hands are on her phone. There's, you know, there's a railing, obviously. <clears throat> and she's walking down three flights of stairs. And I'm behind her. And this, to reiterate, I was not bothered by the fact that I had to, you know, wait for her. I was literally walking Hi. behind her, you know, not creepily so, but like four steps behind her to make sure that she didn't fucking kill herself or kill the baby or whatever. And I'm like, and I'm just thinking, seriously, like, what are you fucking thinking? And I wanted to say something, but of course, I never do. I was Hi. just kind of gobsmacked, to be honest, like. What are you fucking thinking, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that, that is, uh, that's, I'm always amazed, uh, when I'm in a crowded area and people are trying to, like, you know, uh, leave a room and then someone just kind of stops and starts talking to someone in the middle of the doorway. <laughs> but that, it just seems like people are, with or without phones, a lot of in public don't seem to be too conscious that there's other people around them. Oh my you know? God. It's weird. I know. It's really weird, but... Um, I know. It's like that whole thing that I've always thought about um, where, where people, just in general, don't understand the difference between common space and personal space. And if you're in you know, a common space and you're amongst bunch, you know, lots of people and you right. do any of these things that we're talking about and you don't, there's no differentiation between doing something that you're going to do on your own. Oh, oh, and then there's like the picking the nose guy in the subway that like has to then, cause he's fat usually. And he has to like touch every, reeling to get to the end and that's lovely but Oof. that sounds really judgmental i'm going to probably cut that part out but um <laughs> <laughs> let me <laughs> let me go on uh, i want to i want to ask you uh if you're up to it because i'm fascinated by your profession as a comic um what made you sort of decide I want to be a comic? Or did you, um, was it like a decision, like a, like a clear cut time frame or just evolved naturally? I think that, um, what I remember, um, when I was in high school, Actually, from elementary school, I wanted to be an actor. I was very Ooh. into Little House on the Prairie oh and my God. the Brady, Brady Bunch and just thought I wanted to be a kid actor. But thank <laughs> God my parents were not into that idea. <laughs> I think it's 
I think it's hard uh, now as an adult. I think like first of all, it's hard for kids who are successful older small bathrooms. They end up having a hard time, and then all the kids who try it and aren't successful, just being that young and having to deal with that kind of rejection. Yeah. I w- I wouldn't. I never would let. If I could, I would outlaw kid acting because I <laughs> so. It makes them so vulnerable. I, I, but anyway, I, I, so I wanted to do it for a, a long, for a long time. And then in high school, I was in drama, and it was really fun. Um, and it was actually the only fun that I had in high school. Mm. Um, and then I think when I was around nineteen, I wanted I went to an open mic with the intention of performing, and I had written out like a. Uh, bed or whatever but it was a um, it was at the last factory and it was like a really long sign up list and they either they didn't get to me or whoever was in charge to see was like oh no this terrified 19 year old girl <laughs> I am not putting her up there I don't really know but I didn't end up getting to go up and then I didn't try it again until I was like 25 and wow um, wait do you remember what the play was that you read for uh no I mean that that was an open mic for stand up but oh, I went oh, oh sorry sorry so I never I, I never auditioned for any real acting jobs until after I was doing baskets like that's the first time I because oh. I didn't audition for baskets um thank god because I would not have uh, past an audition. Um. Okay, so we're back with Martha Kelly, and Martha, I really one of the things that I most wanted to talk to you about is your role in Baskets, which I have pretty much berated every single friend that I know to watch this show because it's just fucking it's brilliant it's the kind of show that I'm surprised that it even was made that even got like greenlit or whatever and then it was on for four seasons and for those of you who don't know what Baskets is it's this amazing show where Zach Galifianakis who by the way is my pretend husband um, plays twins and there's like the good twin and the evil twin and Louie fucking Anderson Louie Anderson plays their mother <laughs> and Martha is a major role in this and Martha please talk to me for as long as you want to about this show Well, first of all, thanks for the nice things that you said about it. And um, mm. I, uh, I, I met Zach at stand-up open mics in '98. Oh and then, wow! Um, so I'd known him uh, for a long time, and we, um, it weirdly kept in touch after he got famous from The Hangover. Like, yeah. um, I honestly thought uh, when that happened, when The Hangover happened, I just thought he probably 
uh, like he's super famous, so he probably changed his phone number um, (laughs) because of whatever. I just assume famous people do that. And so I just thought I might, maybe I'll run into him again someday, but certainly um, probably won't still be friends. And then uh, even after that, he, as far as I ever could tell, and it seems like all his friends see him this way it's like he never he's still the same way that he was when he was at open mics he's still, oh man um, that's so great to know because honestly my one of my questions that i wasn't uh, i wasn't really going to ask but now that you've sort of talked about this my my question was is he as nice as he seems or is he a fucking douchebag <laughs> i mean well, first of all, realistically, I wouldn't badmouth him, even if he was. I know, a I know, person. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> but because he changed my life for the better, but yeah, I do, I do love being able to tell people that he's a sweet person, like in ways that I didn't know until I worked with him. Like I knew that mm. he was, uh, I knew that he was a good egg, and that he wasn't. Um, like that he was still a normal person after he became famous, but I didn't know, um, I didn't know him that well. We were we were friends um, back when we were at open mics, but it wasn't like we were best friends. And yeah. So my I I loved him like everybody loved him, and then um, when we started working together, um, Rosie's harassing me right now for some reason. Um, Hi, Rosie. She's uh, crazy. Um, So we started working together on the pilot. And uh, when I started working together, I mean, he hired me to be on his show without any evidence that I would be able to do it. And he changed my life, and I will forever be grateful. Fuck yes. um, Because he's a visionary. um, He knew. He knew. That makes me so happy. I'm no, I'm I'm not, I'm not bullshitting you. I mean, full disclosure, I'm a huge fucking fan of you, and that's why I wanted to talk to you. Part of it was, you know, that I'm selfish and I wanted to talk to you because I love what I've seen of you. And all right, stop talking. Go on. Sorry. Jesus That's Christ. really sweet. I appreciate it. Um, but so for an example of, of uh, the kind of person that Zach is that I didn't really know until we until we shot the pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we shot the pilot in May of 2014 and there was a heat wave in L.A. and a lot of our scenes were outside in the car. Oh. And so they had these... Um, portable air conditioning units where there's a big tube, a flexible big tube connected to the air conditioner. And so between takes, they put the tube inside the car and it blows cold air. Um, So so wait, so hold on. So the the AC in the car wasn't enough to... uh, The AC in the car didn't work. And also, we couldn't, we could not have kept it on while the cameras were rolling anyway because of the sound. Because of the sound, yeah. Okay. Okay. So between takes, they would put the tube in the car, and every single time, (laughs) 
Zach would point it at me instead of himself, even though mm-hmm. he's the star of the show. He's one of the executive producers. Mm-hmm. It's only it, the show's only happening because of him. Yes. And every single time he would point it at me, and he looks out for people. He's um, cares about other people, and he's just a really good-hearted person. Oh so. my God, I. Now I want to marry him even more. I have a boyfriend, but I want to marry him even more. That's fucking he's amazing. Really, he's a really good person. Um, and that's just one of, I'm sure, a thousand examples of him being someone who thinks about other people and cares about other people. Oh. So I love him. I love hearing that. So. Thank you for that. Like It just reaffirms what what I've always felt, you know, but of course I don't know the guy. Um, Can I ask you um, about what it was like to work with Louis Anderson as Chip and, God, what's the other one's name? Uh, Dale. Chip and Gil's, which is genius, by the way, Chip and Gil. His... Louis Anderson working as his mother. Because I, I have Louis Anderson's last, latest book dedicated to his mom, and I've always loved him. And again, I have to say this, for the people that have not seen the show, first of all, see the show. And secondly, um, the fact that it's Louis Anderson, you know, a guy, playing the mother of these two like evil twins for like the first five seconds it's kind of jarring and then literally every scene that they're in he doesn't change his vocal tone he doesn't really change anything about his persona it's just fucking believable and brilliant oh my god so right. what was it like? What was it like for? Because you had lots of scenes with her, and and by the way, um, there's a scene. I don't know what season or episode it was when when they both come to you, both of them, um, uh, Chip and and the mom, to your Costco desk, and I, and before yeah. I forget, I want to talk to you about. <laughs> I really want to talk to you about the green arm cast that you have that's never mentioned until like the last like season the last couple episodes when you get it removed which is you know the what I see is the sort of the burgeoning of Martha you know after the whole um, life coach thing that Chip you know weasels in on and stuff and and you get like enough and you tell him all the things that you've been wanting to tell him that all by the way viewers want you to finally say and you finally do and I'm getting way ahead of myself and I what the fuck was the original question oh so what what is it like what was it like working with Louie Anderson on that show it was really fun. He um, is, uh, I don't know what's happening. 
um, Rosie's barking, and he, Louis was a person who um, made it really difficult to not laugh during scenes of working no with shit. him. Like exactly, which also Zach did too. But I think Louis would make everybody Zach, John, the director, the crew. Louis just regularly would make everybody um, <laughs> not be able to keep it together. Yeah. And yeah. I would have times where I would ha- like be shaking <laughs> and oh. unable to stop laughing. Oh, so man, he was that's so really awesome. fun. That's so awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I can sort of understand that because, um, you know... I just think the the whole premise of the show is so great because in a weird way, Zach's um, chip character is the straight man. And then his evil twin is like the comic guy. And then Louis Anderson is like four steps below chip in terms of there's no, uh, again, at least from my viewing perspective, there's, it's like so not um it's so it's it is played so straightly that there's no room for parody almost and the way he moves even not to mention the way he speaks it, there's it's so realistic there there's you know there's no sort of comic element there except for the fact that it's louis fucking anderson playing a woman playing a mother to zach's twin yeah. i mean it's just i mean they're i mean i'm not bullshitting i i honestly and i i've never taken film studies or whatever but i actually think that that series could be studied in film school for the very like fact of just how it's done and how so much of that is not um, typically what you'd see in a sitcom, you know? It's just, it's played so straight. And so, this is not meant to be funny. And it's so fucking hilarious, man. It's just amazing. I, yeah, I loved, uh, I know that um, when Zach first told me that Louie would be playing his mom, <laughs> it, it made me laugh. And then when I saw what it was really like, it, like, he played it so real and not as yeah, a gimmick. exactly. Uh, exactly. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely am a fan. Um, so, listen, I, I, yeah. I, I have to ask you, I'm, because I, I've, you know scoured youtube and and the googles and stuff and and the fact that it doesn't exist there uh, this question that i have is even better um your character on the show martha you know your namesake is has this green cast on her arm the entire time nobody ever mentions it martha doesn't mention it until the like again the you know last season like the last episode or penultimate episode or whatever when she gets it removed what was the sort of writer's room 
discussion about that because it had to be, have been discussed. I'm thinking, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. But what was the sort of, what was that all about? Well, um, I, I wasn't in the writer's room most of the time. So I mm. don't know. I think originally it was Zach's idea. Um, and he just thought like his, the character of Chip is kind of a dick to my character. And he thought oh, totally. it would be even more absurd if he's being a dick to someone who is injured and is wearing a cast. And then, <laughs> Um, I don't know why they didn't address it until the very last episode, um, but the timeline of the show, I think the whole four seasons, in the timeline of the actual episode, it's still only about, it's less than a year, you know, because the first season, there's Easter, and then... Uh, the second season, I don't remember if they mentioned a holiday, but then the third, there's Thanksgiving and New Year's, and then the fourth kind of starts right after New, Year, New mm -hmm. Year's. So mm -hmm. I think I think they just thought, well, someone could have a, a cast on for that long. But I don't really know because I wasn't in on it. So, I, I just um, think, like, you know, again, from, from my perspective, a... Uh, random as a viewer the fact that it was never addressed makes it so much more potent you know as a device as a sort of comic device and and to your point like because i never thought about this the fact that chip is such a douchebag to you who is this woman who cart him all over the fucking town and <coughs> and and is wounded and has this cast on and she's driving most of the time. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the, I'm glad that you don't know either. Cause I, it doesn't really, it's, it's, it's almost like I don't really need to know. I just wanted to ask you about it. Um, Cause I feel like if we knew then it would kind of ruin the, the whole gestalt of it. You know, I, I just think it's, <laughs> Genius. Um, I want to um, ask you. Um, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Well, just so I um have to walk early before it gets oh, dark. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so I don't. I maybe could talk for just another few minutes. I'm sorry, I didn't. No, 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 no. Um, that's perfect. I, okay. No, no. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for telling me that. By the way, because we're almost at an hour. Just one more question. Um, okay. And then we can pick this up later or whatever. Not later tonight, but, you know, at another point. Um, what are your favorite musicians and or bands? Um, and I why? have a lot of, I have a lot of different ones that I love. I love, uh, I'm not kidding, I love listening to the Alvin and the Chipmunks movie soundtrack. <laughs> I know. Um, I love <laughs> I love uh, Justin Bieber, um, Me too, Miranda girl. Lambert. Uh, yeah, I love a lot of. Um, I love country uh, and like hip hop. Although that is the least. I'm the least hip hop sounding person um, to say. No, no, <laughs> no. Like Me it. too. Me too. 
Um, <laughs> and uh, I like kind of, um, uh, I love pop music and I like almost everything except I don't really want to listen to jazz or mm -hmm. um, super heavy metal, but I do like some Metallica. Um, so oh, that's yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, right. Me too. But like, yeah, on my, um, on my Spotify, most listened to, it's like country. And then there's a, someone made a playlist and I should look up who it is if I'm going to mention them, but I don't know. But it's called 90s Hip Hop and R&B Party. And it's a great playlist Ooh. on Spotify. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah. we'll have to like so, link up on Spotify and, and you can share that with me on that post, you know. Um, one last thing. Yeah. Because I just literally heard about this. My boyfriend mentioned this, and he played me some tracks from it, which I would love to play now, but, um, you know, copyright <laughs> issues. There's this musical. I don't know if you've heard of this, because I literally just heard about this a couple hours ago, called Six. And it's been playing in the West End in London. It's coming to Broadway. And it's about, wait for it, Henry VIII's. It's a musical. It's about Henry VIII's six wives. And so they start off the clip that I heard. It's like murdered, beheaded, divorced. <laughs> like they all list what they, you know, what their, what their fate was. And it's all done on the premise of, and I know this sounds fucking crazy and like something you'd not want to see. It's all based on the premise of they, the six of them are a girl group. So the music is very much like what you would picture or what we would hear as a girl, girl, you know, boy group, but like girls. Right. And I, I don't know any more than that, but I just heard about this and I had to mention this and it's fucking amazing. And one other thing I need to mention to you, are you a Dolly Parton fan? I am absolutely a Dolly Parton oh fan. She's an angel. Oh my God, dude, listen. Um, uh, Jad Abenrod from Radiolab. Have you heard about this series he's done or doing with her, about her? Uh, wait, say again. What it's, is it? It's um, the the guys, the one guy from Radiolab, Jad Abenrod, is doing uh -huh. this six-part series called Dolly Parton's America. It's its own standalone podcast, but it's, you know, related to Radiolab because he's Radiolab. Right. And it's right. sublime. I can't well, recommend I will, it enough. I will definitely, definitely check it out because I love her. Oh my gosh, me too. Listen, I know you have to walk, Rosie. I just want to thank you again. This is, has been... A dream of mine uh, to actually move beyond texting and stuff with you to actually talk to you and uh, I just I can't thank you enough it's been lovely well thanks Scott I'm glad that we got to talk and um, I hope that I'm sorry that I have to run but um, no. I'm uh, I scared of walking Rosie after dark oh yes yes of course of course go go walk Rosie and we'll talk again I I'm thank you so much well thank you Scott
All right. Have a good night. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye. Way Off the Record has been written, produced, and edited by me, Scott Ambrosino. Also produced by Christian Hernandez. Music by Marie Tree. And uh, thanks for listening.